If you've ever wondered whether you or someone you love has a problem drinking, you won't want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Purple Stethoscope. I am your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. None of the information in this podcast is sufficient nor intended to diagnose your personal medical issue, but there's a lot to learn, so let's start the show. I'm recording this episode on Resurrection Sunday. I figured what a better day to resurrect the Purple Stethoscope podcast. I'm in a good mood. It's been a great day. It's been beautiful in the Pacific Northwest. And I figure, you know what? It's time to get back to doing what I do. Those of you who are subscribed to the podcast have probably learned that my mother has now become my first ancestor. She passed away peacefully, surrounded by family on the 8th of February, and I have absolutely been going through um, my version of this grieving process. You know, it was such a blessing to have both my parents pass away on hospice. We knew that they were passing um, their deaths were the end result of a terminal illness, like most people's deaths are. And we got to be with them. We got to bless them. They got to bless us. Um, this has been incredibly difficult, I think, because mainly I didn't realize that my mom was my best friend until she was gone. And I just had so much void and space and time in my life that I would have spent talking with her, laughing with her, sharing funny things um, with her and just, you know, so I'm trying really hard not to fill that time and space with, you know, busyness and just really take care of Devin. And part of me taking care of me, believe it or not, is recording this podcast because um, this work is so precious to me. I um, I'm excited to talk to you guys about the topic of alcohol, um, specifically alcohol use disorder, which is what uh, the medical terminology for um, you know alcoholism or misusing alcohol. And April is Alcohol Awareness Month, so it's a perfect time to do that. It's also a pandemic, and a lot of people are dealing with mental health issues and being stuck inside and loneliness. And I could totally understand, I think most of us can, if people are reaching for a little more wine or beer or whatever your drink of choice is during times like these. So I wanted to come back with talking about alcohol use disorder, give you guys some information about it, how you can kind of test yourself to know whether you or someone close to you has a problem with alcohol, and um, some of the, the process of, you know, what can happen to people who who drink too much. So let's get right into that. Um, There is a questionnaire called the CAGE questionnaire. And CAGE stands for cut down, annoyed, guilty, or eye-opener. So C-A-G-E. Two points is pretty much a positive, if you will, a positive screening. And so if you answer yes to two 
or more of these questions, then you would be someone who should talk with your primary care provider about alcohol misuse. There are things that we can do for people who have a drinking problem. There are medications that can be used. And most importantly, there's caution that needs to be applied. Uh, People should not stop drinking alcohol abruptly. Um, So the four questions, you give yourself one point for every yes answer. Question one, have you ever felt you needed to cut down on your drinking? One point for yes, no points for no. Question two, have people annoyed you by criticizing your drinking? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, give yourself a point. Question three, have you ever felt guilty about drinking? Same scoring system, one point for yes, no points for no. And finally, have you ever needed a drink first thing in the morning, which is called an eye-opener, To steady your nerves or get rid of a hangover, give yourself one point for yes, zero points for no. Now, if you have two points or higher, that's a 93% sensitivity and 76% specificity for the identification of excessive drinking. Um, Or 91% sensitivity and 77% specificity for the identification of alcoholism. And again, you guys, it's called the CAGE questionnaire, C-A-G-E. And you can find that online. Um, You can Google it. It's just four questions and two yes answers means you should talk to your medical provider and see what they can offer you if you are interested and ready to stop drinking. Again, do not stop abruptly. That can cause issues. So let's talk about alcohol withdrawal for a minute. Alcohol withdrawal is a syndrome that happens in people who misuse alcohol. It happens when you decrease or stop drinking and it's the result of your blood alcohol levels falling below the level which you are accustomed to. Um, It's commonly referred to as the shakes, and it can happen like 4 to 12 hours after your last drink. If you've ever been admitted to a hospital, um, part of the intake is asking, you know, how much you drink, if you drink, first of all, and if you drink, um, how often you drink, how many drinks you have when you drink, and what is your drink of choice, because that lets us know, like, alcohol content, right? Um. We're not just being nosy when we ask those questions. It's for your safety because, again, 4 to 12 hours after the last drink is when things can start to get really sketchy. Mild withdrawal symptoms can start as little as 4 to 6 hours and peak at 24 to 36 hours after the last drink. And those symptoms are nausea, irritability, shakiness, depression, fatigue, anxiety, of course, that tremor and excitability. Major symptoms usually happen 24 hours and peak at 50 hours after the reported last drink. And that is characterized by severe anxiety and irritability, difficulty sleeping, um, insomnia, rapid heart rate, higher blood pressure, even fever or auditory and visual hallucinations. 
The most severe form of alcohol withdrawal is called delirium tremens or DTs. And it's commonly three days after the last drink. And those signs are hallucinations, confusion, and seizures. So you can see why we, you know, don't advise people to stop drinking abruptly. Um, Again, so we're in a pandemic. Lots of folks are using more substances than we normally would to cope with all the things that come with being in a pandemic. Isolation loneliness, depression. And so it's important that we talk about this stuff and that we know um, what to watch for. Again, uh, your primary care provider can help you if it's referring you to resources, if it's medication, or, or if it's just helping you to come up with a plan to quit drinking and to have medication on hand should you start to have symptoms of withdrawal. Now, I know a lot of people have lost jobs, have lost medical insurance, have lost their primary care providers. So I would be remiss not to address that. There's a couple things that I want to tell you about this. I always put in the show notes, freeclinics.com. Click the link, go to your state, go to the city closest to you or to your city, And there are listings of free and sliding scale, low cost healthcare centers in your area. Hopefully there's one in your area. I so far have not um, had a request where I couldn't find something affordable in someone's area. A lot of these places are doing telemedicine and I, I believe that telemedicine is here to stay. The pandemic forced us into seeing patients via video, you know, over um, our laptops and, and iPads and phones even, and even telephone appointments, which I do a lot of for my heart failure patients because they have to follow up so regularly. So they keep a log of, of you know, their blood pressures and weights and heart rates and And we talk on the phone and and figure things out that way, which is so great. You know, we're able to reach people that getting to the clinic was truly a hardship for before. So also make sure, you know, if you're somebody who um, is, you know, counting your, your money because it's tight, maybe you don't have to drive to the clinic. Maybe you can save that gas money. Maybe you can save that time and maybe you can be seen via telemedicine, um, which is appropriate for many, many different things. Some things, of course, are not going to be appropriate for telemedicine and will require a physical examination. So don't be shocked if you're told, actually, for this issue, we need you to come in. But for a a great deal of issues, we actually don't. We can take care of things um, remotely. So lastly, if you do have medical insurance and you just don't have a primary care provider, call the number on the back of your card 
and speak with someone in customer service and get some names and listings of people in your area who can help you with your health care, your mental health care, etc. You know, my insurance changed at the beginning of the year and I had a wonderful therapist last year. I absolutely adored her, but my insurance changed. So I called the number on the back of my new insurance card and I gave them my specifics, okay? I, I pretty much know me now. I know um, the, <laughs> I guess, um, resume or background of, of people that I work well with. And so I told them, you know, the gender, the age, the ethnicity, the specialty, like this is what I want in a therapist. And they were on the phone with me for like half an hour, sent me five different profiles, and I read them all thoroughly because that's, you know, just kind of how I roll. <laughs> and, um, you know, I found someone wonderful. And so we have started working together. And that has been just a godsend with the pandemic, with, you know, my mom's passing. I know a lot of us have lost loved ones. Uh, due to COVID and have lost loved ones during the COVID pandemic where, you know, funerals are different, going to the hospital to be with your loved one is different. Um, You know, my dad passed at hospice house and we were all able to be there with him, but they would only take one person because of the pandemic. So uh, my mom came home with us and and, and, uh, we all got to be together at my house, which is still a risk. I know, I know, but that's our mama and it wasn't COVID that she had. So anyway, um, those are some things that I just wanted to make sure to mention. It can be so hard when you know that you're dealing with something. And you feel like you don't have access to help. So always check the show notes, freeclinics.com. Look for healthcare centers in your area. Use your insurance. You pay for it every month. You know, I wanted to feel bad for a second. I I actually felt bad for about a split second. Like, oh, I'm asking for too much. And then I had to pause and think of what I pay every month for that insurance. And it's like, no, we we don't work today. And um, they were wonderful. So I want to kind of shift gears and talk about some things that I've at least been doing to kind of, you know, keep myself together because we have been in quarantine for a long time. I live in Washington state and we have not been playing with this thing. We were the first state to get coronavirus um, in the U.S. And so, you know, things have been fast and furious and we've learned as we've gone along um, and the world is starting to open up a little bit more. Our, our little section of the world is starting to open up a little bit more. I know some of y'all never really closed down. Um, and, you know, I'll just speak to the experience of being here, of not being able to go to the gym, of not being able to get together with girlfriends, of not, you know, being able to do the family outings. I have not been to church in a year. Um the churches, well, my church is starting to open back up a little bit, but you know, you got to sign up and, and it just, you know, I don't know. I have my feelings about it, but I'll keep, I'll keep my mouth shut. I am fully vaccinated now. My husband's fully vaccinated. Our oldest has gotten the first shot of Pfizer and she'll get the second one uh, here soon. So we're kind of getting there. 
Um, but it has been a really big learning curve. So I'll tell you some of the things that I have been doing that have really brought me joy and kept me sane. I have uh, failed at starting a garden a couple years in a row. And so I decided to kind of shift gears into house plants. And I figure if I can keep plants alive in my house, then maybe I could, um, you know, have a garden someday. Um, so I have more plants than I can count now because I, I started collecting them. I started with snake plants, which are pretty easy to take care of. Um, and an aloe vera plant, also very low maintenance and, and easy to take care of. And now I have all kinds of plants, spider plant, a couple, I think I have three snake plants now, two aloe vera plants. I've got my succulents. I've got a prayer plant, which I love. Oh my gosh. If you, if you want to be a plant mother and you can start off with the um, easier house plants that are lower maintenance. Once you get to the point where you're comfortable getting something that needs a little more maintenance, the prayer plant is just, oh my gosh, so pretty. The bottom of the leaves are purple. She's in a pretty pot and um, just reaches up <laughs> when it, when she's happy and watered and the sun is shining. Her leaves are just reaching up and and she lets me know when she needs some TLC and I give it to her. I got a couple peace lilies. Um some of my friends and family know that I love plants and so I got some I got quite a few actually as gifts after my mother passed and so I have a couple of peace lilies I've got an orchid that I am so happy is surviving I have not done well with orchids in the past and um, this one is beautiful it's actually from my mom's cardiologist so it's very special as well um, what else do I have? I just have a lot. <laughs> and so that has been a way to bring life into my home and clean the air and give me something to tend to and to get happy about. Um, Y'all, I did splurge and get a Peloton, probably the biggest purchase that I've ever made solely for myself. Um, and I'm trying not to feel guilty about that. It feels weird to say that. I haven't always been in a position where I could do that sort of thing. And, and I know a lot of people aren't. So um, what I will say is Peloton has a wonderful app. It took my bike forever to get here. Forever. I think I ordered it in November and it didn't get here until March. <laughs> so I had the app and I was doing yoga on the app and doing some outdoor running on the app. And that really helped me with my sanity, getting outside for sure. Um, you know, non-peak times when there's not a ton of people out there and, and jogging a little bit. Um, what else have I been doing? Yeah, pretty much that's been it. Oh, I have a wonderful group of sisters and I totally recommend this. I'm sure you guys have already done this already. You know, we've been in this situation for so long, but we have Zoom meetings every month and we talk about different things. Um, we read different books and, and talk about the books and then just kind of check in with one another. So that has been wonderful. Um, and you guys, oh my gosh, I inherited a dog. I inherited my mom's dog, Stella, and Stella is a blind 12-year-old Shih Tzu. So um, that has been a learning curve. I've never had a blind dog before. 
And so I've had to learn how to take care of her and how not to switch things up on her. So those are just some of the things that I have been doing to maintain my sanity and to not reach for um, excess wine during this quarantine time because it's so easy to do. I hope you guys are um, finding things that are keeping you uh, sane and engaged and happy. And I hope that you will leave them in the comments on Instagram, on Twitter. I always post the episodes there. Um, so yeah, the next thing that I want to announce, and this is such a big deal to me, I'm so excited. I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but I will be one of the speakers at the North Sound Race and Health Equity Conference. This is a CME event. So if you're a medical provider and you need CMEs, check the link out. If you are just someone who is interested in knowing about um, race and health equity, click the link in the show notes. You do have to register and you do have to take um, the implicit association test, which is a, a test that's been out for quite a while now. I first found out about it. I think I was reading um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, which is a really good book, actually. Um, it's all about like our first impressions and just how much we take away in a blink of an eye when we look at somebody, the judgments we make, all of that. And uh, anyway, it's a it's a great test to take. It's nothing to be um, embarrassed about. It's just kind of a self-assessment. And then you can go ahead and register for the conference, which is free. It's on April 24th. It's virtual. Um, there, You know, whenever you talk about race and, and issues of race, it can be uncomfortable for anybody, regardless of what your race is. And so it's kind of cool to do the conference virtually so that we can be uncomfortable in our own space. And if we have to, um, you know, scream or cry or or just contemplate, we can do that because it's a virtual conference and we can do it in the comfort of our own homes. The last thing that's really cool about this conference is that the Chuckanut Health Foundation is matching our donations up to $25,000, y'all. Up to $25,000. They're matching donations for nursing students and medical students, um, BIPOC nursing and medical students, um, which is really a full circle moment for me because I was the recipient of a checking at health scholarship um, during you know the earlier parts of my education. So this is such a cool way to give back to that. Um, and my 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 statement, you know, my essay was all about health equity and serving the community. So uh, in that way, so this is a, a really a full circle moment. I'm so excited about it. We're doing so many cool things. It's not just one of those fire information at you um, conferences. We're we're getting pretty creative. It's it's fun. It's going to be fun and it's going to be informational as well. And it's going to help us to really think about who we are and who the people taking care of us are and who the people that we're taking care of are. So I hope you will check it out. The link is in the show notes. I'll put the cage questionnaire link in there as well. 
Now you've listened to me talk for quite a while now, but I want to assure you that we have some fantastic guests that are going to be joining me in the coming weeks and months to have conversations about all kinds of things. Yes, related to our health, but also our overall wellness, our spiritual health, our financial health, our physical health, all of the things that make us prosper in this lifetime. So if there is a topic that you're interested in, make sure you send me a DM, comment on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I have so many incredible colleagues that specialize in so many different things. And if there's a guest that you've heard before and you'd like to have back, just let me know. I'm happy to do it. I love talking about all things divinity, health, and wellness. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, eat fresh and dance. Bye. for listening to the purple stethoscope i'm your host devin nixon family nurse practitioner you can find me on social media at d the np that's on twitter facebook instagram and now patreon if you like what you heard go ahead and share this episode and then head over to patreon to see how you can further support this work